next stop, motherhood, join us on the journey there. On the way, we will be talking about infertility, loss, adoption, and everything in between. Now your host, Stephanie Simmons. Hello and welcome everyone to our fourth episode of Next Stop Motherhood. Today we will be discussing an article that I found on creatingafamily.org. They're a website, they're basically the National Infertility and Adoption Education. It's a nonprofit company and they have some amazing articles there. And one of the things that I've been thinking about while talking about infertility and talking about foster care and looking at different options to become a mother on the road to motherhood is a lot of people who experience infertility are constantly told, why don't you just adopt? And I think there's this stigma that just because you can't have your old child, well, adoption is the next step. So start on it right away. And I think that's a huge misunderstanding. I don't think adoption is for everyone. And I think a lot of people would agree that the idea of adoption comes more natural to some than others. A lot of people are set on having their own biological child and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some of us just want to have our own biological children and may feel like adoption isn't for us or we're not prepared. There's also other ones who, like myself and my husband, who have always felt that adoption was part of what we were supposed to do. When we were dating, we talked about it and we knew that at some point in our marriage, we wanted to adopt. It just happened a little sooner than later, but regardless, it was always in our hearts. And then there's people who may be considering it, but may not be quite ready for that step. And so I'm going to read this article. Um, Like I said, it's called You're Infertile, Why Not Just Adopt? And it's based on an essay by Lisa Belkin in the New York Times. The essay was titled, Too Many Ways to Have a Baby. It was a fairly standard, you know, they can do just about anything with technology. Where is it going to end type of article? But the part she found interesting in a disturbing sort of way were the actual comments from the article. So the article itself wasn't really what raised any flags for her. It was the comments. And she says there was a fair share of number of compassionate comments. As some people do understand, um, one of them was, as someone who is fortunate enough to have the kids she wanted, I feel I am not in a position to judge the ones who have to resort to the new scientific methods. I think as long as they're doing it in a legal manner, we should just try and hold judgment. Another mom said, the desire to have children just like the desire to stay alive is a very strong biological and emotional drive. Just as we as a society continually strive for better healthcare and medical technology for one, so we will strive for another. Now, the part that she found the most disturbing was actually the other comments. So these were kind of the positive comments. I'm going to read some of these negative comments and it really is alarming. One of them says, to me, the answer is quite simple. If you can't have children the natural way, adopt. There are so many children already out there just wanting to be loved. Another comment said, why fight biology so hard? There are so many adults who want to be parents. There are so many children who want to be loved. It amazes me that people don't jump into adoption immediately like we did. Another one says, well, I can't imagine to begin to understand how wrenching it must be for a woman who wants to have babies, but can't. I'm also puzzled by why they would go to such lengths to conceive when they could just adopt. There are thousands upon thousands of babies in this country and many others waiting for a loving home. So why all the obsession with being pregnant and having your own baby? So why not just adopt? 
right? That's that's basically what all these comments are, are referring to. Stop trying. If you couldn't have kids naturally, just jump into adoption. The author here says, well, first of all, while it may be true that there are thousands upon thousands of children in this country and many others waiting for a loving home, not all of them are available for adoption and very few of them are babies. If only adoption were so simple as merely deciding and picking. Most people who want adoption will be able to, but it will be far from easy or quick. But more important than the general misunderstandings of the reality of adoption are these comments that reflect a basic misunderstanding of infertility and adoption. Here is the biggest point to take away. Adoption is not a cure for infertility, and an adopted child is not a generic replacement for the longed for biological child. This one really struck a chord with me because I think it's absolutely right. Everybody's under the impression that there are these thousands and thousands of children. And this will kind of go back to the last podcast that we had about the foster care system. There totally are thousands and thousands of children in foster care system. However, you cannot just go in there and pick one and say, I want to adopt this child. There are still parents who have legal right to these children. There are children who may be in need of special homes because of trauma they had or because of special medical needs. You know, you can't just go in there and just adopt any child. That's not how it works. Um, The process is a lengthy one. I mean, Zach and I had to, it took us about four months to get our home study. And that's just the beginning. In order to get a home study, you have to contact an agency. Not only is there fees that you got to pay to get this done, you also have to do an extensive background search. They check the FBI, they check your state, they make you write a bunch of essays. And at the end of the day, if that's what you're wanting to do, it's okay, but it's definitely not easy. It's not like you just wake up one day and you're like, gee, you know, I haven't been able to have a child for three years. Let's just get up today morning and go pick up a child, you know. Again, these home studies, like I said, we had to fill out paperwork, get background clearance. We have to actually have a social worker come to our home, inspect our home, and make sure that our home is adequate enough to bring a child into it. And while a lot of people may be saying, okay, well, that's that's obviously needing to be done. And I agree. I am all for home studies. You also have to think that these things take time. And not only that, as adoptive parents, you also have to do way more than natural biological parents. At the hospital, they make sure you have a car seat, the baby fits in and securely, and you're off on your way. None of the social workers at the hospital, none of the doctors, nobody knows what those home conditions are like. For foster slash adoptive parents, we are completely scrutinized based on how we live. And while I think everybody should be scrutinized at the environment that they're going to bring children into, it just makes it that much harder for us. And it does take that much more time to get that, that in place. And the second point here that I want to make is adoption isn't a cure for infertility. The worst thing in my personal opinion that someone can do is be dealing with the burden, with the sadness, with the death of a dream of not being able to have your biological child and just jumping into adoption. And I think that's more of a psychological thing that you kind of have to come to terms with. It isn't one of those come to Jesus moments where you're like, okay, I think I'm good. Let's go adopt. Infertility in itself is a loss. It is something you have to mourn. It is the loss of the ability of you not being able to have a child the way that you grew up, understanding that children are made. You're not going to go through pregnancy. You're not going to be able to give birth to this child. You're not going to get the sweaty pictures, the maternity pictures, you know, it's, it's the death of an idea that we were all brought up since we were children to think. Whether it was church, parents, you know, just life itself. You're always taught, you know, you get married, then mommy gets pregnant, and then she has babies, as many babies as she wants. And so before we go ahead and adopt, and I think this is for everyone, 
we have to make sure that we deal with that, with the death of that dream, with the death of that reality, because it no longer is going to be applied to us. I think trying to adopt the second you find out you're infertile just because you want a baby, not only is it an injustice to yourself, but also to those children, because in a way you are bringing these children into your home, trying to fill a hole they will never be able to fill if you're mentally in that place. More of this article says, adoption is a cure for childlessness, but not for infertility. For some, the move to adoption is an easy and logical step. For others, it is not. Some people yearn to see their genes in the next generation. They crave being pregnant and breastfeeding. They want some degree of control over their children's inner uterine environment and genetic makeup. For them, parenthood is more than simply parenting. They want to procreate. Is it really that hard to understand that they simply want what comes so so easy to most of us? As someone who chose adoption, even though we were not infertile, I can more than attest to the fact that adoption is a great, no, really a phenomenal way to create a family. But it is not for everyone. I don't want it to be. That's not fair to the infertile. And it is certainly not fair to the prospective adopted child. There's a lot more that we can go into on why it isn't fair. It basically comes down to the fact that if you do not deal with this, you are bringing a child, like I said earlier, to fill that hole for that birth child that you couldn't have. This child may have issues attaching and seeing you as a parent. This child may have past trauma from where it was brought to before, whether it's foster care system, whether it's from the birth mom, birth parents. We don't know that. And so these parents who assume that these children are going to come into their homes and immediately attach and connect with them and love their parents as much as our own biological children would, it's it's just completely being naive and ignorant, frankly. Um, I think it takes a lot more research to see. I think there's a great book called The Connected Child and it explains the trauma that adopted children go through. But it's it's absurd to think that we can bring in a child from someone else's womb from a different environment and just pretend that child was always ours. I don't think it's impossible to love a child that's adopted as your own. I think that's perfectly normal. Um, I think that that is something that we look forward to, to bring a child into this home and love it as if it were our own. But we understand that that child is not biologically ours and we're not trying to fill that gaping hole of you are the child I could not have. And I think there's a lot more that psychology would play into as far as how you act towards a child, how you treat this child. And we can get into that in a whole different podcast. I think that's a lot more on the psychological side. But I found that article really helpful because a lot of times people will say, like I said in the beginning, oh yeah, we'll just adopt. There's tons of kids out there. And again, it's not easy. It's definitely not cheap. And so I thought it was a great article. Um, There's another article here on adoption.com by Sonia Billadieu. It's from 2014 and it says, Adopting After Infertility. What to do when pregnancy doesn't come easy. It says, some people consider adoption as the only responsible way to approach the issue of parenting a child on an already crowded planet. They want to have the experience of parenting a child without adding to the population burden already weighing down on our planet. For those people, fertility or the lack of fertility never enters the equation. Others, however, approach adoption only after they fail to conceive a genetically linked child. Infertility is insidious. In addition to preventing you from conceiving and bearing a child like everyone else, Infertility can lower your self-esteem. No matter how accomplished you may be in other areas, once you begin to battle the specter of infertility, 
it is easy to see yourself as a failure. Even after you, quote, move on with your life, the fact of infertility can still rankle. And now she's sharing a, when the doctors told me I would probably never conceive a child, I felt like such a failure as a woman, said the mother of two children adopted from Guatemala. I mean, I worked hard all my life to accomplish what I wanted. I was top in my college class. I own my own company. I succeeded at whatever I put my mind to. But the one thing I wasn't supposed to have to work at would be conceiving and bearing a child is what is impossible for me. Coming to grips with that was very hard. It's still a sore spot for me. It says many adoption agencies say they want adoptive couples who have infertility in their history to resolve their infertility issues before proceeding with adoption. Indeed, one of the most common questions social workers ask when beginning a home study is, have you resolved your feelings about infertility? It's as if they see dealing with infertility as a one-time thing. And then the topic is never revisited. This was definitely a question that Zach and I were asked during our home study. They wanted to know our feelings about infertility, how we felt that we may never have biological children. And while I can't say that we've completely mourned it and we're completely over it because it is a burden that you deal with your whole life. The fact that you will never have biological children um, through therapy, which I think is, is great for everyone. I'm a huge proponent of therapy for people who are adopting, for adoptive children, for anybody basically in the world. I was able to understand and process the idea that I may never have a biological child if for any reason by some miracle we were able to have a biological child I've come to the understanding that I still want to adopt me and Zach still want to adopt as that was our plan from the beginning you know we never thought that we were going to encounter infertility issues and our plan was well let's have a couple children and let's adopt a couple children and let's just raise them all like one big family and Sometimes plans don't go the way that we think about them. But the issue here is that I'm sure there's some people who are infertile. And if that problem, if somebody were to come and wave a magic wand and say, I'm going to let you have your own child, they'd forget about adoption. They would be like, oh, well, we were just using that as a filler just to bring a child to the house. And that's where it gets a little sad. I think you have to go into adoption, not only with the idea that you're bringing a child that you wanted into your house, but you're bringing a child that needs a home into your house. The article says, to be sure some people do approach their infertility in this manner, although many more people view their infertility as a continuing journey, although the initial grief wanes over the time, the very fact of their infertility is like a dormant irritant, waiting silently just below the surface. The path from pursuing fertility treatments to admitting infertility to pursuing adoption involves many difficult questions, none of which have hard and fast right answers. Among these questions are, how long do you pursue infertility treatments? How far do you allow technology to enter into the business of conceiving a child? Second question, if you choose to adopt a child after failed fertility treatments, how much do you tell the child you adopt about your attempts to conceive a genetic child? The other question is, will your adopted child see himself or herself as your second choice, as second best? If you or your spouse are infertile, you owe it to yourself and to any children you may adopt. To come to terms with these issues raised by infertility before you pursue adoption. I can honestly say these questions are amazing. It's very black and white. They're not hard and fast or right answers. It's something that you obviously have to talk to your spouse about and kind of have a, a talk about how you feel. But all these questions are right. Your child that you adopt at some point is going to ask you, hey, you know, 
why didn't I have any siblings? Why did you guys adopt me? Why couldn't you guys have your own children? And it's some kind of question that we have to be able to answer honestly, but also not make your adopted child feel less than. It continues to say, let's address these questions in order. At what point do you stop pursuing fertility treatments and begin pursuing adoptions? How far do you allow technology to enter in the business of conceiving a child? The answer to the following depend on the people involved. For some, it will come down to a matter of money. Treating infertility can be outrageously expensive, and these treatments usually are not covered by health insurance. Others will say, we'll try X, and if it doesn't work, that's it. Although some people may view halting fertility treatments as giving up, others will see it as the push needed to move on to another chapter of life. When they stop fertility treatments and begin actively pursuing adoption, many couples report feeling unburdened. As if by focusing on adoption, they are once again focused on the positive instead of constantly ruminating on the negative outcome of their fertility treatments. How much should you tell your adopted child about any failed fertility treatments in your past? Will telling your adopted child make her or him feel like less or like second best? If you handle the situation with love, tact, and sensitivity, your child will understand that your love for them is unconditional. Above all, you should be honest. At some point, the child you adopted will ask why you wanted to adopt, why you wanted to adopt them. All children of adoption want to know their story, what makes them special, how their journey ended in this particular family. Your struggles with infertility played a role in bringing this child into your life. Ask any parents who built a family through adoption and they will say they couldn't imagine their lives without the children they adopted. When you meet your child for the first time, when you finally bring them home and get to know him or her, you will feel this way too, guaranteed. So what should you tell your children about fertility treatments? Tell the truth that these obstacles were put in your life's path to make sure you and your child would find each other. I think that is an amazing point. The best thing you can do, again, we're not adoptive parents yet. We're not parents at all yet, only to a bunch of furry cats that like to make tons of noise. Um, the best thing from what I've read from tons of communities on Facebook, tons of adoptees, kind of just listening to the whole triad, which would be adoptive parents, adoptees, and birth bombs, is that all these children really want is honesty. They want to know where they came from. They want to know why you chose them. They want to know how you and your husband, which would be their new parents, arrived at this point and what made you choose them. The best thing you can do, I think, is honesty. I think the way we would approach it, and you know, things change, but we've discussed this, and I think the way we approached it is just like the writer said, we would easily just explain to them that we went through all this, we did all this because we felt at the time it was right. And if it wasn't for all those hardships, we wouldn't have gone to the point of finding them. And I think that's very true. Now, what some people believe is you have to stop your fertility treatments or seeking yourself fertility before moving on to adoption. I think that I can see the pros and cons to both sides. While on one hand, you absolutely want to be able to immerse yourself 100% into this adoption, you know, going to agencies, um, mentally preparing, reading books, instead of doing both, I think it's a great idea. Vice versa, infertility, you got treatments, you got tons of other stuff to read, you got medicines that you're doing. It, it They're both really mentally stressing and, and they're both an emotional roller coaster. I think it's naive to think that 
it's just going to come easy. But, and here's my but, and this is a personal choice of mine. My husband and I are only 30. Now, for us personally, we do not think that all fertility treatments are out of the question. While IVF is the most expensive, ranging anywhere from fifteen to 20000 an adoption agency is just as much. You're, I mean, if anything, it's more. You're looking at 20000 to 60000 easily, depending on needs. But for us personally, we are actually pursuing infertility treatments right now, very minor um, infertility treatments right now to see if we can conceive on our own. Will that stop us from adopting? Absolutely not. Will we make sure that anybody who approaches us via our adoption journey knows? Absolutely. A lot of these expectant mothers and moms who are just contemplating adoption actually would like to place their child with a family who can't have children themselves. They see it as a chance to give their child a home where they know they're going to be immensely loved because they've been waiting for this child for so long. And so I think it's very important not only to be honest with your children, but also to be honest with the moms of these children who obviously made the ultimate sacrifice to to place their children with you. So at the moment, Zach and I are currently going through IUI treatments, partially because our insurance is covering it. And I think partially because I believe that we've grown as a couple. After being infertile for five years, I feel like we've both have grown as people, as a couple, as potential parents. And we personally feel that we are capable of dealing with both right now. Again, we're not doing anything too excruciating. IUI is pretty simple. In my opinion, at least for me, we've done it a long time before. And back then it wasn't covered by insurance. This time, thankfully, most of it is. And so because I'm 30, I figured, you know what? I only have a certain amount of time to try and and have a child. While having a child is important to me, the means by which the child comes is not. That might sound a little easier than it is, but personally, after having multiple conversations with each other, we know that if we have a biological child, there is still multiple children we would love to adopt. If we don't have a biological child, we are still going to adopt regardless. And that's just kind of the approach that we're taking to it. Is it mentally draining? Yes. Is it hard? Yes. Not only are we dealing with any symptoms and any um, heartbreaks from the infertility side, we're also potentially opening ourselves up, which we've already dealt through this pain of failed placements, which a lot of people aren't a fan of that word. You can also say, you know, unsuccessful connections, missed connections, or scams that we've also had. We've had birth moms who I said before, or moms who decided to parent their child, which is perfectly fine. But again, all this stuff just comes with a lot of emotion. You get attached to the idea, you get attached to the person, and then it doesn't happen. And that can be said for both infertility treatments and adoption. So we're at a point where we think that we have a good balance. If it ever becomes too stressful, too painful, I think we will obviously choose one and I'm pretty sure it's going to be adoption. So that's just kind of where we are in our lives right now. I hope to keep everyone updated. I think it's interesting to share our experience and maybe other people are going through the exact same experience, especially during infertility week, which by the way is this week. Um, 
it was kind of empowering to have our IUI, we had it this past Tuesday, on National Infertility Week. It really meant a lot to kind of kick it in the face, metaphorically speaking. You know, I I have dealt with it before. It's brought a lot of sadness, but I think because I'm older and because of all the experiences that I've dealt with, I just appreciate the opportunity that there are options out there for a woman to become a mother. There are so many technological advances to science that could just help us bring children into this world. Whether that is the path for you, that's amazing. Whether adoption is a path for you, great. Whether it's foster care or whether you just decide, you know what, we maybe just won't have children. And that's okay. There are so many ways and so many paths to motherhood. It's just, it astounds me that some people think that some ways are correct and some ways are not wrong. Are wrong. I think it's up to each individual. I don't think I could ever judge on how somebody chooses their path to motherhood. And at the end of the day, it's whatever makes you happy. And we should all just respect that. So that's just kind of my point of view. I found those two articles really helpful this week and I thought I'd share them with you guys. Again, one of them was on adoption.com and the other one was on creatingafamily.org. They both have amazing articles, both dealing with infertility, adoption, um, infant loss, just everything that we deal with on our journey to motherhood. And so I hope you enjoyed this podcast and we will see you next week. Same time, same place on Next Step Motherhood.